This is Megan. And Hillary. And this is More Booze, Please, where we talk about some creepy ghost stories. Guys, this is episode number five, and this is all new stories. Yep. We're actually not talking about ourselves for once. I know. We've, <laughs> we gave that four episodes. We are on to something new. Yep. And today we're going to be talking about haunted caves. Which I'm really excited about. I had a lot of fun researching for this episode. I know. It's so easy to get, like, into, like, a black hole of just, like, information and stories and be like, oh my god, that's so crazy. Yeah. So, before we get started, I have to just tell you the story of what happened to me today. Um, so, I made a quick trip to Target and... The initial goal was just to be in and out within five minutes. I didn't want to, like, spend all my money or do anything like that. I was just going in for a few things. I think I needed, like, face wash, and I needed envelopes to send out mm-hmm. the mail. And I also got some uh, Winky Lux Unibrow. I don't know if you've tried that or not. I grabbed it just, like, on a whim because I've heard people talk about it, and I really wanted it. Um but I was nervous about it because it's unibrow because it's the universal color. Anybody can wear the same color of this. Oh, uh-huh. And I was just, like, kind of nervous about it. But I bought some. And it's the best eyebrow pen I've ever used in my life. I don't know if you can see my eyebrows right now. Like, <laughs> they're pretty, pretty fleek. Um, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so I was just going to be in and out in five minutes. And then when we were walking back to the car, we saw a mama duck... And ten ducklings. Like, these things were, like, could fit in the palm of your hand. And they were all just, like, crouched together. And they were walking through, like, the lanes of Target. And they were just, like, I don't don't know where, what their plan was or, like, where they were going or (laughs) anything. But we got in the car and I was, like, oh, my goodness, they're so cute. And then my boyfriend was, like, we have to do something. Like, we have to help them because there's no, like... There's nowhere for them to go. We are at the Target in Huntsville that's, like, on Jones Farm. But, mm-hmm. like, there's not a body of water anywhere. It's just no. a huge parking lot. And they were just, like, braving it and just going straight through it. So we got out of the car, and we each took one side of them, and we were stopping traffic on every single lane. Nuh-uh. Yeah. And oh my we, <laughs> we went through, oh my like, gosh. three lanes of, like, stopping traffic. And we, like, drew a crowd and, like... People were, like, helping us, and this one lady, she, like, got out of her car, and she tried to call the Wildlife Society, and then she tried to call Animal Control, and they were, like, put them in a box till we can get there, and we were, like, how are we supposed to catch 11 ducks in a parking lot, and so (laughs) we decided that we were going to try to catch these ducks, and, like, there's, like, the medians in some places where they have, like, the mulch in the trees, Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the manhole and the sewer underneath. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? The drain. Mm-hmm. So they kept jumping up on those things, I guess, to take cover. And we were getting so nervous that one was going to fall in the drain. We were, like, freaking out. And we were, like, chasing these ducks. We chased them for over an hour at that point. Oh, my at, gosh. Yeah, at this point. Oh running gosh. around the Target parking lot. And so finally, we were trying to chase the mama duck, like, this whole time. And then we were like, we can't get her. Like, she's getting kind of aggressive. Like, she's in protect mode trying to protect her babies. But, like, she doesn't understand we're trying to help her. So we were like, maybe we check if we catch the babies first, 
then the mom and death will just come. So we started catching all these chicks, and it was me, not chicks, ducks, and it was me and this other girl, and we were like, seriously, like falling down in the parking lot trying to catch these ducks. Oh, like we were falling on top of each other, like complete strangers. Like at the end of it, we exchanged numbers because we were like, we've been through something together. Like we're friends now. Um, but we were trying to catch these ducks, and we get to the very last little duckling. And it jumps over the median. We both fall down trying to catch it. It jumps on the other side and fell down the drain. Yes. And we just looked at each other and we're like, this is worst case scenario. Like, this little duckling has died, like, by us. Like, we just just killed this duckling. All of a sudden, you hear it chirping. It survived. Like, we thought death was the worst case scenario. And then we realized it being down there alive was, like even worse and the mama duck was just going crazy at this point because we had nine ducklings in a box in the target parking lot one duckling was in the sewer and we were trying to like look down there and we were trying to open like the manhole like the the cover that's really heavy and I was like shit I'm the smallest person in this group I'm about to get get eaten by it. Like Pennywise is down there. I'm about to go float down there, but like I have no option but to save this duckling. Like it's down there by itself, and we got like a like a thing to like jack your car up to change your tire. We couldn't get the lid off of the manhole. We tried for like 45 minutes. Finally, animal control animal control comes and they get it off and the little duckling's gone and they didn't believe us that it fell down there they just thought we were like making it up because it just wasn't there they left the duckling yeah they thought that we just made it up so they kept trying to chase the mama duck and she was going crazy and so they went down in the sewer like it was just this whole thing and then like the mama duck like took off so we like chased it two stores over so there was like a barnes and noble an electronic store and then a five below that's how far we like ran chasing this mama duck we get to another like manhole and we hear chirping this duck walks <laughs> all the way to the next hole and then this guy gets out of his car and he's like y'all need something down that drain and we're like there's a there's like a little baby duckling down here this guy goes down in the sewer and saves this duck's life. Oh my god. We like successfully saved all ten ducklings in Target parking lot. And it took over two hours. <laughs> wow. So last episode was called Look at All Those Chickens. And this is going to be called Look at All Those Ducks. <laughs> I know. I, I was laughing so hard because I like took a video of it. And I posted it on my TikTok. And the music's just, look at all those chickens people are gonna be like what are what is wrong with these girls they're like obsessed with like ducks and chickens birds like no what is it no I was like walking around the parking lot and I was laughing and I was like saying like look at all those chickens and I'm like people who drive by who know me probably think that I'm like advertising for the podcast just like (laughs) walking around the parking lot you should have had you should have had like flyers for people like look at all those chickens (laughs) and just passing it out and be like no there's actual ducks over there but look at all those chickens (laughs) Oh yeah, so that was my day. 
Like, I stopped Animal Crossing long enough to go to Target, and I played real-life Animal Crossing for two hours. <laughs> wow, that's really funny. <laughs> so, how well, was your day? <laughs> um, my day was good. No chickens. I worked, so not eventful. <laughs> oh, man. Nothing like chasing some ducks into the sewer or anything. I know. And I wish I could say that's like the first time that we've stopped traffic for animals, but I have a very tender-hearted boyfriend that I realize that if I'm going to be with him, I'm going to be stopping traffic for the rest of my life <laughs> for animals, so I just hey, like I've, used to being in the sewer. I have totally stopped traffic for like a turtle or something, so. Animals are just so great. Like, Sometimes I look at my dog and I'm like, what did I ever do to deserve you? Like, and right? I'll just start crying because he's just oh so cute. <laughs> well, everyone's probably like, okay, I've listened to this for like 10 minutes. Where are the ghosts? Yes. <laughs> did I did I subscribe to a chicken podcast? Or <laughs> Look, this is what happens when one of your hosts is from Alabama. Like, exactly. southern accent is not enough here. All right. Oh well, gosh. I guess it's time to get started. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, that's a good idea. I think you should go first. I'm super excited to hear your story. Cool. Well, for my haunted cave, I chose Mammoth Cave National Park. Um, nice. I chose the cave because we went there last year. We went to the Forecastle Music Festival, and we drove down to Mammoth Cave for a day, and it was beautiful. Like, if you're ever in Kentucky, go to Mammoth Cave. Do some of the cave tours. Um, that's where I got a few of these stories was from our tour guide. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of people say that it's the most haunted natural wonder in the world. So that should Whoa. tell you right there. Um, and then I also thought of a joke to tell. Um, so I'm going to tell that too. So um, I was going to tell a story about a man who started a bar in a cave since we were more booze please. But then after all the research, I figured out you can't sell alcohol to miners. Get it? Because if you go in a cave, you're mining. Oh <laughs> my. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm on a roll. People are going to be like, this podcast is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, just Hillary. Hillary's canceled. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get started now. In 1839, there was a man named John Krogan. And he purchased mm -hmm. a property in Kentucky, which included a rather large cave system. The property that was purchased included multiple slaves. One of the slaves, his name was Stephen Bishop, and he um, was very educated on the cave system. Um, he had spent a majority of his life there. I think I read that he um, came to the property like when he was a teenager. Um, and this was just a few years later. Um, but ex he was loved to like explore the cave and find new passageways and caverns, and it really became one of the most important missions of his life. Um, Stephen located over 20 miles of the cave system and even oh, wow. discovered a new kind of fish, and it was a blind albino fish, which is pretty cool. I guess it was blind and albino because it was so far in the cave yeah. that it never mm -hmm. seen anything. It was so dark. Now, his master was a fairly intelligent man, he was also known as Dr. Krogan. Um, he was a medical doctor back then. Um, but because this property or cave that um, he purchased for $10,000 is now actually known as the world's largest cave system, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so 
It was over 100 years ago when Dr. Krogan purchased the property. And in 1941, it became Mammoth Cave National Park, which is what you'll know it as today. Today we have, um, we know of at least 412 miles of the cave system. Jeez. Yeah, and underground passageways. Um, but I'm sure there's still more that they're like still discovering. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but I feel certain that they're still looking for more. I feel like as you get so far back, like 412 miles, like yeah, it just takes insane. a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back in 1839, they only knew of about 20 miles because of Stephen Bishop. And Dr. Krogan had a couple ideas for how to use this cave system. First, he had Stephen Bishop and some of the other slaves become tour guides of the cave, and they would take guests and scientists and educators back into the darkest corners of the caves. During the same time period of the cave tours, Dr. Krogan made the unique decision to turn one of the caverns into a hospital for tuberculosis patients. He felt the low, moist temperatures of the cave would be beneficial in the recovery of the patients. So he moved 15 patients into the cave and began treatment. Unfortunately, the cave's atmosphere was not what the patients needed, and all 15 got worse. And Dr. Krogan himself even came down with tuberculosis, which led to his death in 1849. But another creepy part of this cave hospital was a large rock that was just outside one of the tuberculosis caverns. When a patient would pass away, their body would be thrown into the rock, and sometimes multiple people would die at one time, and they would just, like, stack them. And the rock became known as Corpse Rock, and they say you can still hear coughing in that area of the cave today. That's creepy. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can't believe I went here. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So... Now is some good news, bad news time for Stephen Bishop. Good news, Stephen got his freedom in 1856. Bad news, he died less than a year later. The cause of his death is unknown, and I researched several different places looking for, like, a hint or an opinion on how he died, and I couldn't find anything. It's just unknown, which is really Hmm. weird. Like, there was no theories or anything. It just, every time, it was just unknown. So it makes me feel like they're trying to cover up something, but (laughs) I can't verify that. Um, however, even though he died in 1856, many believe his afterlife continues today in Mammoth Cave. Many tour guides joke that he comes in to check in on them and make sure they're giving accurate information (laughs) and doing a good job. Some have reported playful pushes during cave blackouts and voices from corners of the cavern. When I went to Mammoth Cave last year, our tour guide talked about how sometimes they will see a light like up high in the caverns. Like, someone climbed up there with a lantern just to watch them, and then it would just disappear. Another really sweet fact is, when he married his wife Charlotte, he scratched their names on one of the walls inside the cave and drew, like, a heart next to it. And that area, like, isn't available for any public tours, but they say the heart is still there. It makes me wonder if, like, it stayed, like, it's lasted all these years, or if he, like, goes back and he, like... Yeah, carves it every year, yeah, Yeah. fixes it. The next story is a little bit darker. No pun intended. It's about the Collins family, who later owned a part of the cave system. I guess when Krogan died, they, like, separated it out amongst several people. Um, And this story takes place in 1925. 
their share of the cave became known as Crystal Cave, and the few that traveled um, back that far in the cave said it was the most beautiful part of the cave they ever seen. Wow. Unfortunately for the Collins family, it was extremely hard to get to because you had to travel through so many caverns to get to it, so very few visitors came. Floyd Collins had his eye on the prize of the money, though. He knew if he could make Crystal Cave easy access, that tourists would flock to see the wonders inside. So he mapped out the cave system, and he knew of another cavern called Sand Cave was in between his cavern and the main road. So he met with that cave's owner, Mr. Doyle, and promised him half of their profit, which is like a huge chunk. Like, that's a little weird. Mm -hmm. Half of their profit if he could use his cave for an easier entrance. With Mr. Doyle's blessing, Floyd set out to explore. He found that Sand Cave had very narrow passageways, and he would have to squeeze to get through them. And at one point, he had to, like, belly crawl with one hand pushing his lantern in front of him and the other arm pressed against his side. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, that's terrifying. And as Floyd was making his way back, his leg got caught when a large boulder, like, dislodged and landed on him. So for the next 17 days, crews made rescue efforts into the cave to save Floyd. And this is where it gets weird. When the nation heard that there is a trapped man inside of the cave, droves of people packed up and came to like camp outside of the cave's opening. Food vendors like lemonade stands and hot dog stands and liquor booths set up and gave it like a sort of like a carnival experience. Directors came down to set up and film a movie, and there was even like artists writing songs um, about like what was going on. One writer even made several attempts into the cave to interview Floyd, which later won this writer a Pulitzer Prize. Many efforts were made to rescue Floyd, but unfortunately after two weeks, a little over, Floyd was found dead due to exposure. I wish I could say that the story ends here, but it definitely doesn't. In 1927, the cave was sold to new owners, and they had the idea to dig up Floyd's body and display it for visitors at the cave. That's freaking weird. Yeah. And this marketing scheme worked. It drew hundreds of customers from all over the country. They displayed Floyd's body in like a glass top coffin with a tombstone next to it that read greatest cave explorer ever known. And in 1929, somehow his body was stolen and dumped beside like a nearby river. I don't know how you would like steal a body and nobody, like, I don't know, they had to do it, like, in the middle of the night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was located, it was put back on display, and finally, this was in 1989, so, like, fairly recent, his family was able to lay him to rest. That's really sad. Yeah. There have been reports on paranormal activity near the location of where Floyd passed. One instance, a lady was hiking and climbing in that area on a cliff, And she lost her footing, and she slipped, and she got caught, and she was pulled back upright, and she turned back to her partner, and she's like, thanks for that. Like, I owe you. You saved my life. And the partner said, I didn't do anything. I didn't have time to catch you. At that moment, she replied, thanks, Floyd. And then... No big deal. Yeah, like, it's just crazy. Like, I guess he doesn't want anybody else to get stuck in there with Mm -hmm. him. The next haunt of Mammoth Cave is the story of a young girl named Melissa. 
This may just be an urban legend nobody really knows because there aren't any records of these two individuals in the area during this time, but this is also a long time ago, so that doesn't mean they didn't, they didn't exist. Like, I'm doing Ancestry.com right now, and there is a lot of, like, missing pieces in my family tree because they didn't, like, fill out their senses and stuff yeah. like that. So it doesn't True. mean that they didn't exist, but we can't for sure say that they did so it could just be an urban legend but melissa fell deeply in love with her school tutor his name was william beverly and he was from boston she confessed her love for him in hopes he would sweep her off of her feet and marry her of course every girl's dream however the feeling for melissa was not mutual melissa was heartbroken she was filled with rage and anger and her disappointment ultimately led her to a path of revenge. One day, Melissa asked her tutor to go for a walk into the cave system. She held the lantern and led him down through the passageways and into caverns, and when she had the chance, Melissa walked away, leaving him in the dark alone. His body was never recovered. Melissa held the secret until her deathbed. It's said that until this day, Melissa haunts the passageways and caverns of the cave, looking and searching for her beloved William. Her calls and cries ring through the cave system, and she's even been known to say, have you seen him? Now, you can read this story in the short story from um, 1858, A Tragedy of the Mammoth Cave, um, by Lily Devereaux Blake. Does this mean Lily made up the story? That doesn't explain the cries that people hear in the dark. So, yeah. you know, yeah. she could have existed. It could have been a made-up story. It could just be in people's heads, and that's why they hear it. But I don't Could know. you imagine, like, being asked to go on a date? Someone being like, hey, you want to go on a date with me? And you being like, yeah, sure. And then being like, let's go to a cave. And then they leave your ass. Like, yeah. Bye. And then you die. Like three days later. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you went with little Miss Becky into the cave and she left you. Like, that's not okay. Not okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hope that was just a short story and that didn't actually happen to William. But, like, part of me is inclined to believe it just because people say that they hear a lady crying and stuff like that. And, Obviously, Stephen and um, Floyd were men, but I guess it could have been, like, a patient or something like that, but I couldn't really find any stories of female ghosts other than Melissa, so it just leads me to believe that maybe it actually did happen. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's back to to hunt. Hunt? Not hunt. She's back to find. Haunt. (laughs) I meant to say haunt. Haunt. Anyways, so for our theme this week being about haunted caves, I did lots of research about a cave um, and I came to the conclusion that we are going to go and take a travel, a little vacation to Athens, Greece right now. So this cave is considered one of the most mysterious places in the world. I know Hillary just said that too. But so is this one. <laughs> so now we just happened to choose the top two. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> exactly. Now I did a, before I start. I just want to just make a little note. I did so much research on trying to figure out how to pronounce this cave's name, the mountain that it sits on's name. The mountain has two different spellings. 
One is with a D and one is with a T. Okay. That changes the way a word sounds. So mm-hmm. if I pronounce something wrong, I apologize. I'm trying hard. But this most mysterious place in the world is called Develis Cave. So Develis Cave sits in the mountainside of Pendeli. Now, this is where I've seen it's called Pendeli and Penteli. So you get what I'm saying when there's two different spellings. But anyways. Just say it really fast and we won't know what you're saying. Penteli. <laughs> So, Penteli Mountain is super important when it comes to history because this is the mountain where the marble for the Parthenon was quarried. So, that's where they got all that marble for was Mount Penteli. Oh, wow. I know, right? It's really crazy to think that they were able to move this marble down the mountainside into the city. So, just blows my mind. So, Acropolis, so where the Parthenon is, is called Acropolis. A lot of those buildings as well were also made out of the same marble from Mount Penteli. Cool. So to do this too, they, they use like a super intricate system of carts and pulleys. And if you go to the mountain today, you can still see all the tracks that these were on. So it's kind of crazy because I don't have the date exactly, but the Parthenon was built in like what, like the 600 BC or something like that, like thousands. A really long a time thousands. Ago. And you can <laughs> still see the little tracks and pulley or the tracks not the pulleys but the tracks that they use and you can also see ancient roadways up the mountain hmm. what they were using like little um brick roads or whatever that's really cool i know so before i get into the paranormal stories i'm gonna give some information on exactly what this cave is all about because there's a lot of weird shit that happens here <laughs> so this cave is actually named after a 19th century bandit called Develis. 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 Call him Develis. <laughs> his real name is actually Christos Natsios, and it's believed him and his band, so his group of people, would use this cave as a hideout. In one story, it is said that Develis kidnapped a young girl and left her on Mount Penteli. He then displayed her to her family for them to see that she was still, in fact, alive, but he did this for a ransom. So he was displaying her to the family, saying, hey, she's alive, give me money. It's said that he used this form of ransom and kidnapping for his money. Like, that was his primary income, was kidnapping girls and then asking for a ransom. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's, like, super sad. Mm -hmm. Now, there's also a legend that the cave is covered with mazes of tunnels, which would take him all the way to the mansion of his lover. Now, the cave does have a lot of tunnels in it. But it would take him to the mansion of his lover, who was said to be a French duchess living in Penteli. This has never been proven, but it's still kind of interesting to think about that this whole cave system would lead him to his lover. And it's also said that um, a lot of people don't think that he was actually in love or that the French duchess was talking to him or anything like that. But still interesting. Yeah, it makes you wonder if he was like faking love for her because she was a french duchess so he could kidnap her and like get money basically yeah that's kind of creepy yeah but yeah sure Mm -hmm. so develis was actually killed by a group of vigilantes from a village near delphi and the cave was forever linked to him and garnered with his name so a group of vigilantes thought okay enough's enough and they killed him but because of him hiding out in the cave and always being around that cave and that was kind of like his go-to spot to hide from from anyone they named it devil this cave inside the cave you will find a rare double byzantine church built straight into the rock 
One half is dedicated to St. Spiridon and the other to St. Nicholas. The churches were used by 12th century Christian hermits who were associated with Gnostics. But if you go a little deeper into the cave, there is a small clearing with a small pond of water where an even older god was worshipped. During the Antiquity Age, the followers of Pan used this place to worship him and his nymphs. Pan was an ancient Greek god of the wild, and for those who don't remember who Pan is, it's the god who's half goat and half man and plays the flute, which is also known as Pan Pipes. Um, when I was doing this, I don't know if anyone watches Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but like the last season they had, mm-hmm. that dude that's like bad and against them or whatever is supposed to be Pan. So really, I watched the first two seasons and I watched like the first few episodes of the most recent season, but I didn't finish it. So now I'll have to finish it. Yeah, because it's it's all about <laughs> pan. It's like two different. The last season is about two different types of witches. So yeah, that one's got pan as like their leader or whatever. And the man turns into a half man, half goat whenever he's that like, show can get like awkwardly intense. Like I expect to go into it like, oh, this is just a fun cute show and then they'll like do something and i'll be like holy shit yeah like a satanic (laughs) ritual and you're like oh you need to be like yeah yeah prepared mentally prepared Mm -hmm. so anyways because he was considered a rustic god he was not worshipped in temples but in natural settings hence the cave literally being built out of the earth as a place of worship for pan a famous myth about pan and his nymphs involves the creation of his flute and this story is really fucked up so I'm ready. It's really weird. So Pan met a nymph, Shrinx. But Shrinx was not interested in Pan, and she ran away from him. He probably tried to kidnap... Oh, wait, this isn't the same Yeah, no, this is Pan. (laughs) (laughs) So Pan, not understanding why Shrinx was running away, decided to follow her and pursued her all the way until she met back up with her sisters. Who knows how long she was running away from him for, but she was running away from him. So, as soon as Shrinks' sisters saw her, they immediately decided to change her into some reeds. And, like, like the tube reeds. When I first pictured this, I thought of, like, grass, but, like, the tube reeds, mm-hmm. almost like bamboo. So, they turned her, turned her into reeds, and when the air blew through the reeds, it created a melody that Pan liked. He thought it sounded beautiful, and he thought Shrinks was beautiful. So... Since the idea of her infatuated him, he took all the reeds because they had made multiple reeds um, appear. So mm-hmm. he didn't know which one was her. He didn't know which reed was actually shrink. So he took all of them. Now, there's different stories. And since it's kind of like a it's a god and stories of whatever, some say that there are seven and some say there is nine. It's like something that's debated about. But he took these reeds and he joined them together and he put them side by side, decreasing the lengths and formed his pan pipe which nowadays is also known as a Shrinx. So people who play a panpipe or the flute, it's also a Shrinx. Pan was also connected to two other nymphs named Echo and and Pittis. The thing, though, about about poor Pan, none of these ladies liked him. None of these Mm -hmm. nymphs wanted anything to do with Pan. They were like, no, thank you. Poor Pan. And Pittis actually turned into a freaking pine tree to escape him. But I'm just trying to think, is it really poor Pan or, like, what was he doing? Like, was he, like, yeah. mostly, like, whistling at those girls? Like, hey, playing his little... Come on, guy. Yeah, so there have been many artifacts excavated from this cave, 
which depict Pan and his nymphs. The objects are actually on display at the Archaeological Museum of Athens. So these things actually exist. I saw a bunch of them. It's really cool that they're like, you know, old ancient objects of Pan. And when I was writing this, I couldn't help but think of Narnia and Mr. Yeah, Tumnus. Yeah, thinking of. Yeah. But like, it's also kind of weird because, and maybe people are going to hate me for saying this, <laughs> Pan is known for t- a lot of different things, like being like the protector of shepherds and all this stuff, but he's also known for sex. So yeah. when I was looking up um, Pan and like, and then I thought about Mr. Tumnus, I looked up the two and people didn't like that Mr. Tumnus was used and was made to look like Pan, like half goat, half man, because mm. of the fact that he's related back to sex and because the movie involves children. Yeah. So. And it's also like a Christian based series. Yep. Exactly. So. It's really. It's interesting that they would like throw. Yeah, that, that they would use like Greek mythology and push it together, but. Anyways, besides the churches and shrine for Pan, this cave has also been a place of rituals of both New Age and Satanist covens. Strange symbols mark up the walls, and periodically animal sacrifices are found at the entrance of the cave. Now, to the paranormal. (laughs) So this cave has been plagued with tons of rumors of crazy strange sightings, like electronics freaking out, water that actually rolls up instead of down, and even sightings of cat-like creatures walking on two legs, which I'm just like... Why not sightings of Pan? Why cat-like creatures? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, Yeah, I feel like it might be Pan. That's what I was thinking. Like, People are, are seeing the horns and mistaking those for ears. ears, but it's Pan, like, walking around, you know? Hmm. It just... Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you think about it, like, he probably had, like, little Oh, ears yeah, because he was part, so. mm-hmm, part goat, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is Pan. And another interesting thing, I think you told us another story, like the second one, the second episode, they've mm-hmm. experienced cars rolling upwards here as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I did talk about that. Yep. So it's like um, the magnetic forces that they think are around this mountain, for some reason, it has like really strong magnetic forces. So I think it's the reason for all these weird things happening. But it also could be the fact that there's been a lot of sketchy stuff going on for years and then pan and all that good stuff. So what I think is so fascinating about this cave is the people that have experienced mysterious voices and laughter in the cave, as well as hearing music when there is no sources to be found. Are they hearing like pan pipes? That's what I was thinking. So people who will hear music and laughter and have no one around and the location of this, of this mountain of this cave is actually really creepy. Like the cave is on the side of a mountain and it's surrounded by pine forests. And if you remember, I mentioned that that nymph that turned into a pine tree to get away from Pan. So you think it's like her descendants? I'm just saying like, okay, you've got pine trees, laughter, music. I feel like Pan and his nymphs are still around hanging out. It's just a little suspicious to me. So I want to see pictures of this place. It's really creepy looking. It's creepy. We should post some on the Instagram. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. It looks real creepy. Like, I would not want to go there by myself. No way. During the 80s, a group of people claiming to work for an unknown organization blocked off the cave with barbed wire around the perimeter, which is kind of interesting that it's an unknown organization. Like, that's everything mm-hmm. that I looked up said it was an unknown organization who just was like, we're going to work here. They started work on the cave with dynamite and bulldozers. Ooh, that... Mm. Yeah. 
Some said they were making more tunnels, but when people would wander up to the cave, they were met by guards. Now, some said this was NATO. Some said this was the U.S. government. And most people said this was the Greek military blocking off people from entering the cave. Some thought that they were building some kind of nuclear bunker in the cave, but even crazier theories included ideas that they were building a magnetic channel that connected the cave to frickin' West Virginia. Oh. Why do you need to connect a cave to West Virginia from Athens, Greece? West Virginia is, like, the scariest state <laughs> in the United States to me, so. <laughs> is it, isn't that so interesting, like, that they're like, oh, we're going to connect it all the way. Okay. So the work that they were doing on the cave slowed down a bit, and the guards disappeared, and eventually people cut holes into the barbed wire, allowing access to those who dared enter this area. Around the same time is where a lot of weird stories and events came about. So right after they started all this work is when all the paranormal crap started really happening. A couple was going on a hike when they discovered a car perched on a ledge near the cave. And the location seemed impossible for a car to reach. And I've read several things that says you cannot reach this place with a car you get to the village and then you have to walk the rest of the way like you can't just drive straight up there there's no place to park there's no road so when they say like it's almost near impossible for a car to get up there it they mean Mm -hmm. it and this car had no damage on it like no scratches no dents nothing it was just like a perfect pristine car just on a ledge of a mountain in the middle of greece so over several days the couple came back multiple times to this car They finally walked up to the car and had found that it had no marks, like I said, and no scratches. But the wife thought it was just too suspicious to be there all by itself. So she started to look around to see if anyone was nearby. And then eventually she looked into into some bushes and started to scream hysterically. Mm. When her husband finally got her to calm down, she explained to him that she had seen a white oval shaped creature about two feet tall with enormous glowing eyes. The husband had not seen this so-called creature at all, but he had seen the bushes rustle as if an animal had been running through them the same time their wife started screaming that she had seen this creature. This didn't stop them from returning, which kind of like obviously intrigued their fascination yeah, about going my, back. My initial thought was like an owl or a rabbit. Yeah, right. I don't know. So I don't know if they live in Greece though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so they didn't stop. They went back days later, and the husband saw something that appeared to be a spinning black sphere outside the car's window. This caused him to start screaming and shaking until his wife was able to calm him down. Now, the thing to me, though, is it's very interesting that they both saw something and they both started screaming. So it's almost like mm-hmm. something like overwhelmed them to the point of just like full on, just freak out moment, screaming, hysteria. uncontrollable. Yeah, hysteria. So then after these things happened, the work that was happening on the mountain suddenly stopped. The cave work just just stopped. And they had abandoned the site and left it with some of their equipment. And unfortunately, the ancient church and the natural cave networks had actually been severely damaged because of the explosives that they had been using. There have also been some reports of anti-cancer drugs found around the cave system, which of course, some people believe that they were doing more than just digging tunnels around and were actually experimenting on people while they were down there. Mm. 
Others think maybe the sudden appearance of workers, the blocked entrance, equipment, and anti-cancer drugs was also because of paranormal research being done in the cave. But my, I've looked so much for like why anti-drugs would be, anti-cancer drugs be used, and I couldn't find anything that had anything to do with like paranormal. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like wondering why anti-cancer drugs. Maybe they were using yeah, something like an explosive that was may, maybe have caused cancer. Don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So other strange happenings in this cave involve a line of footprints pressed into a newly made cement floor that leads to a closed off enclosure of one of the tunnels. Now, these weren't just any footprints. They belonged to a child. And mm. child creepiness just always makes things ten times more spooky. The footprints apparently went all the way to the wall of the cave and just stopped. It was as if the person who made those footprints, that little child, somehow magically walked through the blocked wall. Another strange occurrence in the cave was when a doll was found near the entrance of the cave. But it was in an area that was almost impossible to reach. A member of the freaking army special forces was the only person able to reach it. Like, it was, like, on the side of the mountain. The doll was taken from the spot. And the next day, a second doll, identical to the first doll, was found in the same exact location. But no one else... Did you see pictures of the dolls? I didn't. I saw some pictures, like, when I was looking up stuff, but I don't think it was, like, the actual doll. I think it was just, like, a creepy photo of a doll. I just kind of want to know, like, what kind of doll. Like, is I, it a porcelain doll? Yeah. Is it a raggedy yeah, doll? Yeah, exactly. Like, I need to, like, make the mental picture. Yeah, to see what it was. <laughs> so no one knows who or what was able to place it in such an inaccessible place. Like, such a scary, dangerous place to be. And I'm just saying, I've heard a lot of stories of possessed or cursed dolls being just thrown away and then reappearing in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Annabelle. Yeah, there's also that. Um, oh my gosh, I follow an account on Instagram. I'll have to find it and tell you guys. But there's a story about a doll, and the owners try to get rid of it, and it just kept like appearing or something like that. Like it kept coming back, and it, it's like a really freaking creepy doll. And so finally, the only way to get rid of this doll was to give it to a museum of oddities so this museum of oddities owns like a whole thing of creepy dolls that are possessed owns it i think you're talking it was an elsa from frozen doll wasn't it? i don't know no it wasn't an elsa I've this seen... is like a little boy i think his name was like oh maybe there i think there's another story with an elsa doll too as well and the mom like throws it away because like it turned mm-hmm. its head or whatever at the child mm-hmm. and she was like not today and then it like appeared yeah, back that was scary yeah yeah, I was always afraid of my 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 twin doll and my American Girl doll Samantha because I felt like, well, obviously there's like my twin is supposed to look like you. Yeah, but it was just creeping me out because I guess I felt like it was like my doppelganger or something, and I was so scared of these dolls and they would stay in my mom's closet. I refused to play with them, and I guess it's like a thing where people like growing up in the '90s were scared of their American Girl and my twin dolls. So, um, There's something to them. Fun fact about Megan. I used to collect porcelain dolls. Ugh. And my sister will let you know that she hated these freaking porcelain dolls because we had, like, these, what are they called, like, armoires or something like that? Like, tall dresser-like things, but it's just, like, where you can hang clothes. And we mm-hmm. had, like, identical ones on each side of our room. And I thought it would be a great idea to put my dolls on top of my little armoire thing. 
and I love them. They were made by, like, a guy named Geppetto, so I thought they were super cool, and, like, they were all so pretty, and I was obsessed with them, and my sister had a porcelain doll as well, this one little porcelain doll. She refused to take that thing out of the box. She wanted nothing to do with it, and me, I'm over here with 20 porcelain dolls on top of this little thing, and she would swear to me up, and like, at night, she would look up, and those dolls would be facing her, oh and then, like, she would wake up the next morning, and they would all be looking back at me. And she would, like, there's been times where she would be like, did you turn the doll's head? And I'm like, no, I didn't do anything. So. We should do an episode just on haunted dolls. There's. That would be so fun. But anyway, so in conclusion to this and all (laughs) the stories that have happened with the possessed dolls and the people seeing some kind of thing, like a creature with big eyes. So in conclusion to this, Mount Fantelli has got some baggage some insane baggage from a bandit to greek gods to ufos to creepy dolls this cave has literally seen it all wow that's that was all over the place like i want to go to this cave that's okay do they do like cave tours no that's that's another thing the cave is open to the public but you have to get there yourself there's like no cave tours yeah you just have to climb up and go it to yourself it's it's like open and yeah go it but it's almost like at your own risk kind of thing like you can go and that was the thing when I was like trying to write this story it is all over the place there's so much crap in the 60s and 70s they experienced UFO sightings here people just yeah people just chucked it up to it's the 60s and 70s the space age it's the space race people are launching Mm -hmm. into the moon and stuff like that so they're like no, there's no such thing as aliens. And people would come back from the thing and be like, oh, yeah, there is. It's literally everything that you could think about the paranormal has happened at this cave. Like, everything. Wow. I don't know. It almost seems like, yeah, it's super haunted and super crazy, but it almost seems, like, magical and mystical. And That's what I thought. Like, with the whole pan story, it's, like, magical and mystical. And maybe, like, the laughter is not a scary little evil thing coming for you, but it's just pan and his nymphs, like, dancing around water yeah, i feel like they're probably super happy but they sound super creepy <laughs> yeah probably for sure okay something else we're gonna do in our episodes is we're each gonna choose a haunted bar to discuss uh, i think this is great because now everyone can keep a log of haunted bars and you can visit them if you want to if that's your thing when you travel i like going to haunted locations so i think it's cool yeah i don't know if our listeners are gonna want to go to haunted locations well, but we can leave that I think they like to hear about them. <laughs> so my bar story, I had so much fun doing research. Um, it's actually more of like a nightclub honky tonk than like a bar. So like if you're going to go, honky tonk. you're going to go to have fun. I am going to be talking about Bobby Mackey's. I chose a bar in Kentucky to kind of go along with my cave story because I talked about Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. But the club itself is actually closer, like, to Cincinnati, Ohio, but it's on the Kentucky side. So it's not super close to Mammoth Cave, but same state. So Mm -hmm. Bobby Mackey and his wife purchased an old bar in 1978, and the property has evolved a lot over its life. It began as a slaughterhouse, then it was torn down, and it was rebuilt as a roadhouse, and now it's a honky-tonk. Um... And then I even read online that when Bobby Mackey and his wife purchased the property in 1978, the reason that it was, like, up for sale 
was because the previous, like, roadhouse or whatever had, like, a fatal shooting in it, and, like, nobody would go. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's just been a lot of things happen in this location. But Bobby Mackey was, and he still is, a country music singer. And in the 70s, he was um, really just wanting to play, like, his traditional style of music. Which, side note, my grandpa was a country music singer in the 70s. I don't know if you know this or not. So I wonder if they no. ever, like, played together. Um, my grandpa's last name is the same as mine. It's Gamble. But his manager felt like Gamble was a boring last name. So they changed the spelling of it. Uh, they changed the spelling of his first name and his last name. And his stage name was spelled G-A-M-B-E-L-L. So for whatever reason, they felt like that was... Which is better. so weird because I feel like Gamble is such a cool last yeah, name. Yeah, I feel like it's an outlaw. Like, that yeah. fits right in. Like, but yeah, no, they're like, no, your last name sucks. You're going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> so he would be Gamble, like you're gambling outside of like his tour. But when he was on tour, he would be Gamble, like Gam Bell. I don't know. So Fun weird. Fact. But for whatever reason, um, so anyways, basically the nightclubs in that time wanted a different type of music than what Bobby was playing. I assume like rock and roll because it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was just like, I want to do things my way. I want to play the music that I want to play. And the only way I can really do this is if I buy my own damn nightclub. So he bought it and still to this day, 42 years later, you can catch Bobby Mackey on stage at 10 p.m. every single Friday and Saturday night, which is so cool. However, on Sunday through Thursday nights, the place takes a different atmosphere. They do paranormal tours with Gatekeeper Paranormal because, you guessed it, the place is haunted. Like, haunted with a capital H. Like, there's a sign (laughs) hanging on the wall that says management is not responsible and cannot be held liable any actions of any ghosts or spirits on the premises. Now, I read a little bit about this bar, and as I was doing my research, I realized I was way in over my head. If a place's second name is the portal to hell, you probably need to call in the big guns. So that's exactly what I did. I called Gatekeeper Paranormal and asked them for a few questions about the place. And let me just say, Laura, Angie, and Jan are fantastic. They were so laid back and easy to talk to. Like, I told them I can't wait until the world opens up and I can take some time to go visit the bar and go on one of their tours. Like, they were so nice. We um, had a phone conversation. We all had, like, all four of us were on the phone at the same time. And we talked for over 30 minutes just about, like, paranormal and experiences they've had. And it was just so fun. But Bobby Mackey's is known for two really infamous ghosts. Pearl and Johanna. Now, today I'm going to be talking specifically about Johanna. Historically, there are no records of Johanna existing. So, you can take this story as you will, but she is someone that's name is going to come up anytime you hear about Bobby Mackey's. But the story is, is that Johanna was a club dancer at the bar a long time ago, before it was Bobby Mackey's. And her dad owned the club, and she fell in love with one of his singers. She got pregnant, and her dad found out. And some say that he kicked the guy out and sent him packing and was like, don't ever return. Some say that um, her dad hung the dude 
in the dressing room backstage and she found him. Obviously, Johanna was heartbroken and she committed suicide by poison and killed her father by poison too. And she swore oh, to haunt the building until her lover returned. Now, how was Johanna discovered if there's no evidence of her living? There was a man, Carl Lawson lived in the building. He was like the groundskeeper for over 13 years. And he took care of everything like after hours, I guess, to make sure nobody broke in. But he would see a lady like in, like I guess, a white nightgown um, walking around. And sometimes he would hear her say things. And it's not unheard of for people like at the club to like hear a woman. That's something that um, the the ladies kept saying when I was talking to them is that you often will hear a lady like talking and stuff like that. But he says that Johanna came to him and told him to go to the basement and dig up the floorboards, like take them up. So he did. When he was down there, he found a poem etched into the basement wall and it reads, my love is as deep as the sea, it flows forever. You ask me, when will it end? I tell you never. My love is as bright as the sun, it shines forever. You ask me, when will it end? I tell you never. The world may disappear like a castle of sand. I will be waiting here with my heart in my hand. You ask me, when will it die? I tell you never. So the floorboards by this poem that's on the wall he took him up and he found Johanna's diary and she like wrote the story of her life in this diary. Now, another weird part about this, nobody's ever seen this diary except for him. It apparently got lost like mm -hmm. during some time and possibly lost in a fire, I think is something that they said. Um, but on his account, he found this this diary but you can you can google this poem um at the club and you can there's pictures online you can see it etched into the wall i looked at it earlier today mm -hmm. Jeez. but people like i said before they claim to hear a woman's voice throughout the building and from time to time they'll get glimpses but in one case and i chose this story because it's very 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 sad but it was the most interesting story to me it happened during the mid-90s there was a fatal wreck directly outside of the club and the officers of course responded and they had to pull the bodies out of the car but then realized they didn't have any material to like cover them like they do and they were like trying to figure out and scramble and get material to cover the bodies and a lady in an evening gown i guess like a nightgown came out of bobby mackey's and she was she looked concerned and she handed them two tablecloths from inside the bar and walked away and when the officer returned the next day to thank the lady he learned the club was locked and all staff had went home by that time wow now yeah it's just ugh, like it's so sad but it's just like she just she was there mm -hmm. to help now johanna has really made a name for herself at bobby mackey's even bobby himself wrote a song about her in the lyrics he sings now some may not believe it and i won't say it's true but some of us have smelled your rose perfume johanna johanna are you really here looking for your lover after all these years oh jeez. 
Yes, it's so sad. I hope Johanna finds peace someday. But Johanna is definitely not the only ghost that haunts the building. Um, so at this time, I'm going to play some of the interview um, with the ladies so that way you guys can hear it. I had a tour group there. I think there were about six or seven people. And um, for like the last two or three years, every time I do a tour, if there are, because there are some pool tables in the bar. So if there are some balls sitting out on the table, I usually take one and set it kind of near the edge of the pocket. Um, not where it's going to just fall in. It's just close to the edge. And like I said, for two or three years, I've been asking you know, trying to communicate with the spirits that are there and asking them to knock one of those balls in. And for years, I mean, nothing has ever happened. Well, back in the fall, when I had that tour group there, um, we were sitting out kind of in the, in the main area of the bar, and one of the girls said that she saw a shadow in the back right-hand corner. So I said, well, let's walk over to the opposite corner, get a little bit closer, but not, you know, too close, and see if we can you know, communicate. So we went to the opposite corner of the room and she was, you know, asking questions and talking. And then she said, well, if you're really over there, why don't you knock one of those balls in that are on that far table? And sure enough, the ball fell in and it's really loud because they're those like commercial pool tables and they've got those plastic runners. Mm -hmm. So it's really loud. The ball falls on the plastic and rolls down. It was amazing. I mean, I was so excited because I've never had anything like that. I've had a few things happen. It's It's been a while. It's been a couple of years since anything really significant has happened. Um, gosh, if I'd had something like, like that happen to me that, you know, Laura had happened to her recently, I'd, I'd be pretty excited too. But it's been a couple of years. But, um, I mean, we, we still see, I think, all of this, I, I think even Jan too, you, you probably would could even say this, you know, we, we usually will see, you know, just shadows out of the corner of our eye and, and, you know, hear these random noises. You know, I've, I've had, um, you know, groups, tours, you know, people coming in. I, I can remember one specific group right now that in the basement, there's a little room that we call the cell. And um, I remember these two guys from uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, again, during their tour, it was pretty. It was pretty quiet. You know, not a whole lot going on. And so the last 15, 20 minutes or so of their tour, you know, we spent back down in the basement, and and these two guys sat in the cell. And for those who are not familiar with the cell, this room um, has a lot of. Um, has been known for the physical things happening to people, you know, scratches and, uh, you know, bite marks and, and, and whatnot. You know, a lot of that has happened in this little room. And so these two gentlemen, these two guys were sitting there and they were doing some pretty heavy provoking. Um, you know, we, which by the way, we don't encourage it, but we always tell people, you know, if, if you feel the need that you need to provoke and, you know, just be warned, you know, that you be careful of what you're doing. Um, you know, you might get something that you, you know, you're not asking for. So, <laughs> you know, these two guys are, they're sitting there and they're provoking and doing some, you know, really, uh, uh, just being really forceful and communicating. And just all of a sudden this guy, he jumps up and he takes off running out of the cell. <laughs> and of course I'm asking him, you know, what's going on. And he said, he felt like something grabbed his leg. And he had a pair of shorts on, and uh, 
so I convinced him to, to kind of calm down, let's sit here and let's try to communicate with whatever this was. And within a minute or two, you could see scratches. I saw three scratches form on his leg uh, from his ankle and it kind of wrapped around his shin to the back of his knee. And I, I, they were fresh, these were fresh scratches. You could see the bits of broken skin and, and in a couple of areas you could actually see little dots of blood where it brought, brought blood to the surface of the skin. And this dude was freaked out. Now, here's the good news. You guys can actually listen to the full interview. And we're going to do it with a bonus episode. Yes, Yes. we have a bonus episode now. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be exclusively for our Patreon donors. Yes, head over to patreon.com slash more booze, please. And donate now. If you choose from the chilled or the top shelf tiers, you will have access to the interviews we do at full length. Top shelf will have access to every interview we do through the course of the year, and chilled will have access to four of them every year. There's a lot of material that I did. I just didn't get the chance to cover. They give me a lot of really mm-hmm. cool stories, but I realize we only have a certain amount of time for this podcast, and we have a lot of other material to cover. But I didn't want to yeah. lose the information, so Megan and I were just brainstorming what an idea was that we could do with this. So anytime we interview somebody or we do something extra, we're going to add that episode, but it's going to be exclusive. You have to be part of the club. You have to be one of us. You got to be part of the club. You know, while you were telling that story, I was just like imagining being at a club and then hearing a woman whisper in your ear. Wouldn't that be so creepy? Like someone whispering and be like, Megan. And you're like, oh my god, like, <laughs> I heard Joanna. Yes. Like, Anyways. I, I okay. would just assume that, like, every voice that I heard at the club was Joanna. Like, but there's another ghost, and her name is yeah. Pearl, and that's a really good story, too. And that story is going to be on the bonus episode. I wanted to talk about Pearl, too, but I decided to just go ahead with Johanna because I didn't want to take up all the time. But, oh, uh, the Pearl story is good, too. <laughs> Okay, so I'm ready to talk about my bar now. Okay, so in keeping with tradition of me being overseas, and I'm not actually overseas, but my story, my first story was in Athens, Greece. So I did some research and I literally discovered an underground cave system town that's in England. I know, I thought it was so cool. So this cave is actually located in Nottingham, which you guys might think, Nottingham, that sounds a little familiar, and it should because uh, Robin Hood, Sherwood Forest, Nottingham. That's interesting. Yes. So, I know. Nottingham is home to more than 500 man-made caves. These caves go back hundreds of years to the medieval times, and the first record of the labyrinth dates back all the way to the 9th century when it was mentioned by name, Tegwo Kobach. Which is Welsh Anglo-Saxon for places, place of caves. 1,200 years later, that name is actually still used. So this network of caves is actually open to the public, which is pretty cool, but also kind of a little eerie that you could walk around this little town system. Above this fascinating world of tunnels is actually the Ye Old Salutation Inn, which is a public house that dates back to 1240. It, alongside with a neighboring Bell Inn, and ye old trip to Jerusalem claimed to be the oldest pubs also in Nottingham. 
Now, the ye old Salutation Inn is home to a ghost, and this little ghost's name Aww. is a girl named Rosie. Yeah, I know, cute. I love the name Rosie. Local legend states that Rosie was accidentally struck by a carriage in the courtyard, which is super, super sad. After the accident happened, she was carried down into the caves to keep her cool and comfortable until the doctors could arrive, but sadly, she passed before he could get to her. Soon after her death, though, customers of the pub experienced being scratched as if by a child. Now, this was multiple people complaining. It wasn't just one person. It was like four people all complained that they had all been scratched by someone. And another thing I want to hit on, too, with all the caves and, like, them bringing her down because it was a cooler climate, they say that this area in Nottingham during, like, the Black Plague was one of the only places that didn't have high numbers of deaths. And it was because when the Black Plague happened, people actually escaped down into the cave systems. And because of, like, the cool air that was down there, rodents and things like that weren't able to get the Black Plague, and then the people weren't able to get it, so they all lived during that time in the cave system. Yeah, it's really interesting that this cave system became a home to everyone, and then was part of the reason why the numbers weren't so high in this area. Now, back to the story. So, these people complained about being scratched, and they complained to the, the landlord, and This continued on for, like, two weeks. Multiple patrons of this area would get scratched and complain, like, hey, I got scratched, don't know what it is. And finally, the landlord went down to the cellar with a doll, and all of a sudden, the scratching stopped. It's like he knew that the little girl had died down there, so he brought her to doll so she wouldn't be alone. Customers of the pub who go down to the cellar will see a door with a sign that reads... Rosie is a ghost who roams the salutation. She is four or five years old, urchin from Victorian times. Bar goers are known to leave the small girl toys in the darkest corner of this area. So if you, you go there, it's like a thing. Really you leave sweet, her a toy. Though. Yeah. So I know. So she's got something to do and, and can play and then she's nice to you. Later on, a former landlord didn't believe in ghosts. So they went down to the cellar. And took all the doys. What? Later on, a former landlord didn't believe in ghosts, so they went down and took all the dolls and teddies that had been left behind for her. Rude. They took them away. For I know, poor Rosie. So, Rosie did this. The next day, the landlord came in, and all the beer had (laughs) spoiled overnight. (laughs) she was like you gonna take my dolls well you ain't got no beer so since then nobody has ever taken away her dolls and you can continue to go there and leave her some dolls and some little treats for her behind for her to be happy and nice and not spoil your beer so there's several other ghosts that haunt this area in these caves of Nottingham. numerous landlords have actually died in this cave three three landlords of ye old salutation have died so they've said that um, one landlord had died, and uh, um, there was multiple stories. One guy said that he hung himself, or it was said that he hung himself in the cave. Another person actually was messing with rat poison, poisoned himself and his family by accident, but he died, and the rest of his family lived. But there's also stories that one of these ghosts would leave pints of beer around that have no explanation of how they got there. One landlord, a landlord who's still alive, 
has said that he was down there cleaning up and doing some extra cleaning. He left the cellar room, came back, and there was an old beer, like pint of beer on the ground. Not like new, like an old, gross, spoiled beer. He had no idea where it came from or how it got there. Another funny story that I think it's kind of amusing. There was a landlord named John who had passed away. And one of the current landlords was going up back the stairs. Up back downstairs. (laughs) Up back downstairs. There's another story about a landlord named John and a current landlord who was going back upstairs and realized that he had left the cellar door open. And he turned back around and said, hey, John, can you close the door? And then the door slammed shut behind him. And he's just like, I've got no idea. I just kept going like, thanks, John, and went on my way. Other sightings include a pirate who fell down a well and drowned. This one's kind of creepy to me because there's been times where people have looked into the well and can Mm -hmm. see the pirate stuck down there. It's like an ancient well in the ground, and they can see the pirate. He was, like, running away, jumped into the well, didn't know it was that deep down, and died. And even Roman soldiers have been seen emerging emerging from the walls. Yeah. Nottingham Cave is definitely a place to check out because that's got some, it's like really interesting, like paranormal stuff. It doesn't seem like creepy, eerie, mean. It seems like they're all in like almost, they're like happy to see people. Every single person that you talked about just had like a really, like they just had really bad luck. Like yeah. every single one of them. I know. Maybe Nottingham I Cave know. is actually like a bad luck area. It does seem like they all had really <laughs> bad I luck, huh? Because I have bad luck and I would just become a ghost probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we chose some really good locations for our first time going off and outside of our comfort zone of yes, our typical ghost so stories. Doing all the research. I'm so glad we found something that we can both enjoy that we can do together but one last thing because I forgot to mention it before because the ladies emailed me after the interview was over they sent me two EVPs of yeah oh my gosh um, and I want to yes. share those with you guys so they'll be on this episode but they'll also be on the bonus episode so there's two of them and if you guys don't want to listen probably just go ahead and just end the episode now we're almost done anyways but if you do want to listen stick around the first one was they were at Bobby Mackey's and they were ghost hunting and you might have to wear your headphones to hear it. Megan listened to it and she didn't need headphones. She heard it right off the No, bat. I heard yeah. it immediately. But they were like um, looking around and you can hear people talking, but in the background you can hear the ghost say something like, she doesn't want you here or something like that. So... Listen to see if you can hear that phrase. And then in the second one, they were, the three of them were playing with a Ouija board. Playing with a Ouija board. you can hear, yeah, just casually. No big deal. What are you going to do on a Friday night? portal to hell, just summon a demon. Ouija board. (laughs) Yes. Um, So... They were in the basement where the they found the diary, and the first voice that you hear says, you know, our fingers and our bodies make a triangle, and there's just a little pause, and then you hear somebody say, yep, 
right after that, there's another voice. And it's not either of them. They say nobody was speaking. So you guys listen, and then you guys let us know what you think you hear from that voice. You know, our fingers and our bodies make a triangle. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of creepy, and I heard both of them perfectly. Like, they said the first one you wouldn't be able to hear unless you were really, like, you were looking for it. Mm -hmm. The second I played it, I was like, okay. Yeah, like, whoa. (laughs) And the one, the second one where they were using the Ouija board, I mean, you can hear it clear as day. Like, you don't even need your headphones. Like, it's just, like, another person in the room. Yep, it is. Yeah. So, I just wanted to share those with you guys. Um, Yeah, so, if you guys liked this episode and want us to continue to do more things like this, which, guys, we've got, like, 50 episodes Mm -hmm. already. We're so excited. Not recorded, (laughs) but, like... Ideas. We've got so many ideas. We're just like, what about this? And what about this? So... If you guys want us to continue, it would be super, super awesome if you guys could go like and review us on Apple Podcasts. The more of you guys that give us feedback and rate our podcast, the higher on the charts we can climb. Yes. As a new podcast, it is so important that we get those ratings and reviews. We really just can't do this without you guys. And you guys can also donate to us at more booze please on patreon.com so the actual url is patreon.com slash more booze please we appreciate everything you guys can do but donations will help us give a better product to you again megan really needs a new microphone the one she's using right now is on loan it won't be here forever this is borrowed from my boss (laughs) if you like the sound of my voice right now (laughs) please donate (laughs) and you want it to continue and there are also perks we have stickers now you'll get a sticker and if you want to unlock the bonus episodes where you can hear full interviews and not just hear us rambling you actually get to hear professional mediums and professional ghost hunters (laughs) then go ahead and donate to our Patreon and we can hook you up. Exactly. But also, and always don't forget to go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at More Booze, please. Yes, do it for the gram. And do it for the gram. you guys know what to do if you have personal experiences. Yes, if you've got a personal experience, something spooky, something cool, talk to someone who's passed on, email them to us. We want to know these stories. Yes. Email them to morebooseplease, and that's P-L-Z, at gmail.com. We love reading your stories. Yes, so much fun. We're always like, hey, we got a listener story. Don't read this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we love it. So keep doing it. Okay, I think it's uh, time to say goodbye. Oh, yeah, like a Ouija board.